This is a Dalarna University production. Many thanks to the organizers for doing this conference and having us here. Uh, in this presentation, we will uh, present some results from three different studies in music education and music production. Uh, uh, and the results are discussed in the perspective uh, of a theory by James Paul G. and his book, What Video Games Have to Teach Us About Learning and Literacy. Uh, but we will talk about what software tools for music consumption and music production have to teach us about learning and literacy. All the three of us uh, behind this presentation have a professional background in music as musicians and producers, but we all now work in higher education, and all the three of us have worked here in Falun at uh, uh, Dalarna University with, with uh, teaching audio and music production down at the other place, at Media Dalarna Gementet, yes. Uh, and we've also been graduate students together in music education at the Royal College of Music in Stockholm. Unfortunately, Per Henrik Holgersson, he's not able to join us today. He's uh, deputy head and senior lecturer at the Royal College of Music in Stockholm. And he's today on another conference in Reykjavik, Iceland, doing a similar presentation like this one. So he, he sends his love to all of you. My name is Gio Gollö, I come from Södertörn University, which is south of Stockholm, where I'm a senior lecturer and deputy head of the School of Media and Communication and IT. I also teach and research on pedagogic in higher education, or högskolepedagogik, as we call it in Swedish. For many years I've been the head of the, uh, the, the journalism and multimedia program, program at Södertörn University. And I got interested in research in education when I participated in the research group in the evaluation of the compulsory school in 2003. And my name is Søren Johansson. I'm a lecturer here at Dalarna University and I teach music production. I'm also about to finish my PhD project in music education. And I started work here at Högskolan Dalarna uh, 10 years ago. Uh, with the mission to build up the um, education programs in media production. And uh, at the same time, this apartment uh, started, was uh, making this conference uh, possible. And I must admit, though I'm uh, in my early career uh, is a performer, uh, this is uh, the first time I'm performing for a camera at this university. And this is the first time I have uh, given a lecture in English. So I'm pretty nervous for you and uh, for this broadcast. But I'm also excited. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, all three of us, we have worked together in different projects over the years, and this presentation is a part of the Future Plan publication. In our research, we have focused on students learning in higher education and different aspects on teaching and learning music production. Um, we agree, uh, I think many of you also, that music is important to, for young people today. We could um, uh, hear keynote Terry Anderson yesterday talk about that online learning is better than sex. Remember that? But that's not the full picture. Uh, music is essential to pupils and students, the so-called millennials, and according to a survey in, in the UK, 
with 1,050 to 24 year olds, a majority, 60% of them, responded that they would rather give up sex than music. And for the 16 to 19 year olds, they said that it's 70% uh, said it. So it's not only online learning that is better than sex. Music is, is so too. The millennials, they're the first generation to grow up with computers, portable music and video devices, mobile phones and video games. And they are online, they download music a lot, legally or not, and many also produce music independently. And uh, a problem in higher education and school activities, as we see it, is whether the musical and culture scene in cultural life shall be refused, reproduced, reproduced in curricula and learning outcomes. Previously, the tradition in Sweden has been to reproduce the current music scene and culture in curricula and expected learning outcomes. This was the result in the National Evaluation of Compulsory School in 2003, which you worked on. And the question is, um, as we see it, how or should formal training in future ignore young people's own involvement in music scene outside school? This question calls for more research on how people learn or construct knowledge with new software tools and music listening and music production and how, how formal education should be leading with this kind of learning. From a sociocultural approach, Salieu, uh, the black box, you know, uh, the tools, physical and psychological, determine in advance what is possible to do and as a consequence what's possible to learn in a practice. For example, music production. And uh, this is a very, um, this area, music production, is a research area that uh, I would like to promote this literature. Uh, it uh, was uh, introduced yesterday, before yesterday, Monday, Monday uh, by our professor in, uh, our researchers in this um, subject here at Hösman Dalarna, Johnny Winstedt and Professor Gunnar Ternhag and they uh, stress the importance of um, concepts, theori theoretical concepts uh, in music production to, to make a different point of view than uh, the terms used in software tools. And I also w would like to uh, tell you about uh, the research project that Totten Matson is uh, um, conducting here uh, about live looping with um, software tools and online uh, performing music together. And Joni is actually sitting here, so if you have questions about this great book, ask him afterwards. Yeah. In uh, what video games have to teach us about learning and literacy, James Paul did point out 32 different aspects concerning how important cognitive activities are developed when people, young or old, play video games. These activities include how a sense of identity is developed, how meaning is developed, how a player evaluate and follow certain commands, the importance of role models in a broad sense, and how the world is uh, perceived. We want to discuss some of these aspects G point out, 
which also are relevant in areas of music education and where students work with music production software. And young people's learning in music, perhaps most of all, takes place between peers and in the music scene outside of formal education and through social media platforms on the internet. This learning is not just music, but learning of media production as well. In general, sound, images, text, and graphics. Example of this trend is that half of all young people aged uh, between 16 and 25 years in Sweden have uploaded their own content to YouTube this year. Uh, and when young people, uh, they are active as, as media producers, and to paraphrase Andy Warhol, young people nowadays don't want 15 minutes of fame, they want 15 megabytes of fame. Um, we talk about music production. What is music production? Here we see two students here at, at the University of Dalarna. We have cor had courses in higher education, music education, music production since 1983, and in total there are we can see music production in 19 Swedish higher education uh, in universities and, and university colleges. Uh, and the old idea about a music producer. That's the guy. He's the guy listening to the recording, and here we have the artist, and they are not the British people. <laughs> this is a recording from 1913. Uh, and uh, today, to look at it, it's quite different. Today, one guy can do all the work. He's a technician. He's the, he's the producer. He also plays World of Warcraft. Um, so the picture is quite different. And what he's got in the computer, he got loads of stuff. This is called Reason. It's a Swedish program, one of the most uh, spread music production programs in the world, uh, where he can actually look into the black box if we use that, that terminology and change the cables on the back side of the, the tool. Uh, but some of the tools look like real musical instruments and even sound, sometimes even better than, than the original. We can discuss that. But, uh, and of course, you also have a, a mixer. But he's not only producing music, he's also listening to music. And these tools for use for listening to music are quite different from the old stuff. This is from 1990, when that doesn't, $5. That was fortunate at But he doesn't only listen to music, he watches music being played. He watch video. <laughs> Why do we have a picture of Elvis Presley? Interaction. Interaction, yeah. Why? He was the first artist to become a music producer through the song Hound Dog. That's another story, but we'd like to tell some other place. Elvis learned to, to use the technology to, to go ape in the studio and it sounded like the... And this is, this, is the, this is the neighborhood where I live. And uh, you see 13 houses and in three of the houses kids are producing music and making money out of it. 
And that's, that's, that's quite interesting. And the Swedish Performing Rights Society called STIM in Swedish, they have more than 56,000 registered members. So half a percent of the Swedes are earning money from music production, have copyrights, earning money. That's the situation for music production today. And that's very different from when we learned to play bass and drums back in the, in the 70s. In three different studies, we have observed and interviewed professionals, music students, and teachers in upper secondary school and higher education. And in the first study, uh, my study, 11 professionals were interviewed, all music teachers and acting music producers, and the results indicate that at least three areas where the students have new music abilities compared with the early generations. It's rhythm and timing, they can clap their hands in time, keep a steady beat. They have knowledge about music instruments, they know a lot about more about music instruments, and they have a lot more repertoire knowledge by listening on YouTube and other places. They know a lot more about music than compared with what we, for example, did when we were younger. And the results from my study in progress is that music students act as media producers and publishers on the internet. And uh, my results is based on how two musicians constructed their careers in the transition from secondary school to work in life during the years 2007 to 2011. A classical guitar player, a male, and one singer-songwriter, a female, used different social media platforms to promote themselves at the same time as they also studied music in higher education programs in Sweden. Both students published video recordings on their performances on YouTube to promote themselves. And unexpected was the fact that daily newspapers used the musicians' own video recordings on YouTube in their papers to report about the musicians' activities. Due to their use of the role models Segovia and Tori Amos, as a picture of uh, uh, Tore, the guitar player started to act on YouTube as a teacher, and the singer-songwriter communi communicated that school is a bad place for singer-songwriters. Um, and development of social media, especially YouTube, is contexts where musicians can perform or they can perform, uh, but it's also a place where teachers can um, observe the performance uh, and how they show knowledge outside school. And this is a different context uh, according to Fronten or Utbildningsradion. And if we, if we check some of the literature on, on higher education, I guess many of you have read this book or, or, or other old things. Uh, we can see that we learn 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, and so on, but 80% of what we use and do in real life. That's good learning. And 95% of what we teach someone else. And to publish yourself on YouTube, that's a way to teach someone else, isn't it? Uh, in the th third study, Per Henrik's Holgersson study, 
he he uh, um, he had a longitudinal quality study of eight students in uh, uh, the Bachelor of Arts degree in music program, and he could see that the students used three strategies in their learning. One was adaption; they did what the teacher told them to do. One was what he called reflective navigation, that they was more of the ideal student many times they could pick up some pieces and, and reflect them. But in the third level was indifference. They didn't really care about what the teacher told them, what the teacher did, and they were the most independent students, probably the best learners. And this is a very interesting study I really want to support, and if you have time, please read it. Uh, and <clears throat> to some of these three studies show that today's students need a different education than traditionally offered. And we want to, of course, spend more time researching uh, on this, but we don't really believe that the, the uh, master apprentice model, which has been uh, the old model in music education, works any longer. Not with these tools that we've been watching today. Uh, and we want to have more and more research on this. Uh, we're going to finish up with one picture of one more guy. Uh, you know who he is? Stupid question. Why are we showing a picture of Johann Sebastian Bach? It's Avaton. Yeah. It's a story. He's the first music producer. No, that's not true. He was not only a music producer, he was a composer, he was a musician, he was a rancher, he was a teacher, he was a multi, as multi-skilled as some of the producers I could meet in, in the study I did. No, that's not really the reason. We, we had heard a discussion at the coffee table there about copyright, and today that uh, kids download music for nothing and that's a big problem. And we said, no, okay, that's maybe a big problem, but it's not a new problem. Do you see something? Peculiar with, with uh, Bakker. Of course, you don't need to go closer. Look at his pocket. It's turned inside out. That's what Johann Sebastian Bach did when he walked through Leipzig. This, this is a picture from, from Leipzig in Germany. When he walked to the church, to the, the Tomale choir, to teach the kids, he turned the pockets inside out to say, you're not paying me enough for the artwork that I do. So the discussion is not new. We just need, we have new tools, and we need new perspectives. Okay. Yeah, I should conclude with the, the question that, that uh, you started with. Is, should uh, school reproduce the, the culture life, or should school activities produce culture life? And uh, actually, there, there's... Uh, um, uh, music production is a teaching subject in uh, secondary school with uh, strong le formulated learning outcomes and um, what you say, Batiste criteria. The criteria is, yeah. Yeah, Batiste criteria. <laughs> it's a difficult <laughs> word. <laughs> we don't know how to use these criteria. Yeah, okay. well, Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.